This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Justin, we have a podcast. Diving, diving deep. Both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General Sean McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. John, before we get out, let's uh, touch on some Astros because we're we're going to start to get pretty football heavy here as training camp gets started next week. But this is a this is a pretty crucial week for um, for the Astros coming off of a split against Colorado. Um, and they find themselves, as you and I are recording this on a Thursday, they find themselves four and a half games back of the Rangers. Um, the good news is Jordan Alvarez is swinging a bat again. The good news is Jose Urquidy is throwing a baseball again. Hopefully Jose Altuve. In, in, in other words, they're, they're hopefully getting healthier here, and they've got a soft chunk of schedule like right here over the weekend. They've got these four games against Oakland while the Rangers are facing off against the Dodgers. Um, it's really like the rest of this week and then through next week because they get three games with the Rangers at home and then they've got Tampa Bay at home who up until a couple days ago, they were the best team in the American League. They're kind of faltering now. Um, but how crucial how crucial is this week coming up, this next seven to ten days for the Astros and their chances of winning the division? Rangers are playing great coming out of the All-Star break. They embarrassed the Rays. Uh, it's funny, Tampa is on pace for the second worst July in its franchise history. They've just been awful in July. So the Rangers beat them up. So maybe the Astros beat them up. What the Astros got to hope is the Rangers don't come to Minute Maid Park and do to the Astros what the Astros did to them in Arlington, which is humiliate them. And that's a possibility. Thank goodness for Brandon Belak gave up one run. And they salvaged that split with uh, the Rockies. Now they've got to win three out of four, at least against the A's, because the Rangers have a farm system that's well-stocked. And Aroldis Chapman has been fantastic. And they may, they're going to make moves to deadline to further bull, bolster their bullpen and maybe another starter. And, of course, we don't know what Dana Brown is going to do. He says he's going to do something. But the Astros have been so inconsistent. And, yeah, Alvarez is swinging a bat. Altuve is hitting off a tee. Urquidy is throwing. But when are those guys going to be back exactly? Yeah. Is it going to be a week? Is it going to be another month? Who else is going to get hurt? If it wasn't for Chaz McCormick and Jokes and guys like France and Belak 
pitching better than anybody ever thought they could. And, you know, a guy like Jeremy Pena is hitting in the 230s. Huge disappointment. Yeah. And these other guys are kind of taking up the slack. And you'd like for the guys who are their best players who are healthy to start hitting and pitching better. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's crazy to think, John. Like, if we're just using the the last month or so, like, you trust Brandon Belak and J.P. France more than you trust Christian Javier and Hunter Brown right now. <laughs> that's the truth. That, I mean, that's not even I'm, – I'm not even being being funny or snarky or anything like that. They the, Empirically, those two have been much better – not just better, not just on the level of Javier and Hunter Brown. Thank God they haven't been on the level of Javier and Hunter Brown these last four or five starts. John, I put up a poll on Twitter. I don't know if you saw it. I, I did. Put, I voted. Yeah. You voted? Okay. So I'm curious. Um, then let's reveal your vote here. I know people don't like to talk about who they vote for in elections, John. It's a personal thing, but I think you'll be okay discussing this one on here. Um, the poll that I put up was uh, if the Astros, if the season ended today, they'd be in a wild card round. So they'd be the sixth seed. They'd be playing probably the Minnesota Twins in a playoff series in a two out of three. Fromber obviously is your unquestioned game one starter. Of the guys right now, let's pretend game two is tonight. Uh, who do you start? And the four choices, obviously, the other four starters right now. Javier, Hunter Brown, J.P. France, and Brandon Belak. Um, who did you vote for, John? I voted for Javier because I can't imagine he's going to be so so inconsistent to terrible the rest of the season. He's pitched in the playoffs. He's pitched well. He has experience. I think that's one thing a lot of Astro fans are thinking. Well, if they could just – get in the playoffs. Well, to get in the playoffs, you need three good pitchers right now. They have one, Fromber Valdez. And even though Fromber has had a couple of games that were not up to his speed in the last two weeks, but he's, he is the ace. But after that, what are you going to do? Go with France and Belak, Ronel Blanco, Jose Urquidy. Those two guys have to come through. And if they don't, they may not even make the playoffs. The question is, John, though, if you had to, if the game was tonight, like if the game was tonight, would you still start Javier over J.P. France? I, I would just because he has experience in playoff games, and maybe that would mean something to him. Yeah. Or all of a sudden, he could look up to heaven, and then uh, he'd be like Roy Hobbs. He'd be <laughs> supernatural and be the Christian Javier we saw last year. Yeah, that, um, and for what it's worth, I'm looking at the poll right now. If you can go to my Twitter at Sean T Pendergast, there's still, still got 18 minutes or 18 hours and 31 minutes to vote in it. It's already up uh, around 12 or 1300 votes, uh, which is, that's, that's usually the amount that I get with my following. I've, I've got about 44,000 followers. That's about the amount I get on a poll that stays up there 24 hours. Astro fans are pretty passionate about stuff like this. So they're getting in there and voting. The current results are, Christian Javier, 43%. Uh, J.P. France, 35%. Wow. Hunter Brown, 13%. And, and Brandon Belak, 9%. John, is it more noteworthy that J.P. France – and by the way, when I put this up this morning, I had it open on my computer during, during Payne and Pendergast. There was a point several hundred votes in where J.P. France actually took the lead on Javier in this thing. Since then, Javier – his family must have jumped on Twitter and started uh, stuff in the ballot box for him here. But he's 43 and 30. Is it more noteworthy to you, John, that J.P. France is within 8% of Christian Javier or that J.P. France is nearly tripling the support that Hunter Brown is getting right now? I think Hunter Brown's a bigger story because there was such 
high hopes for him after last season. And he had some great starts this year, but now he hadn't been worth the worth a darn going back to five or six starts. And they're talking about, oh, he's overworked. They always talk about these guys being overworked. Uh, and Nolan Ryan, I mean, I think Nolan Ryan would laugh about that based on how much they used to pitch. And if he's overworked at this point in the season, basically he was. They started saying that at the midway point, then something's wrong. Yeah, I, I, John. I yeah, not to sound like uh, you know, not to sound like the average age of the two hosts doing this podcast right now, but I'm with you. Like I, I think about that a lot. I'm like, man, the t- like we didn't t- ever talk about like workload or the number of innings and all these guys. And, and, and there were guys and they, guys who pitch consistently year in and year out. Like the, there were extreme examples. Like Billy Martin in the early 80s took an Oakland A staff that was really, really good and pitched them into the ground because they pitched complete games every time out. You know, Steve McCaddy and Mike Norris and and, uh, and uh, Matt Keogh and who were like some of those guys are 20-game winners and they're out of baseball in two years because Billy Martin pitched them into the ground. I just don't remember like – God, do we ever have concern about a reliever having to pitch two days in a row, an inning, like throwing 12 pitches each day, two Never. days in a row? It's crazy. Never. Yeah, it's just – it's it's uh, it's wild to me. And oh, my God, if a guy has to pitch three days in a row? Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, I know. They were ready to give Philip Maton the Purple Heart last week <laughs> in the Angels series. He had to pitch all three games. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the courageousness of Philip Maton coming in for an inning in three straight Major League Baseball games and then going back to his five-star hotel room and eating uh, Wagyu beef on room service. Like, you know, so, yeah, that's wild to me. All right, John, before we get out of here, um, trade deadline is coming up uh, August the 1st. So we're, you know, about 10, 10-ish days away from the trade deadline. Um, as far as like magnitude of trade, I, I've heard that Dana Brown has taken big swings here with a lot of the talks. I think some of that is symptomatic of the rumors that we've been hearing, how true they are or not, or how how real they are. I think they're true rumors. I think the Astros are kicking tires on everything because that's what you should do if you're a GM. How realistic it is that some of those things come to fruition. You know, the bigger the name, the less a chance just because the Astros, in terms of the currency that you need to compete in this market, the prospect currency, they don't have what the Rays and the Orioles and some of these other teams have. To, to go shopping for what you need at the deadline um, and getting some of the names we're talking about, you'd have to disrupt your actual major league roster, which I'm not against doing for certain guys. If you had to like sort of categorize here, like the magnitude of trade that you expect the Astros to make, they may make, they make multiple trades. I get that. The, I'll just say the magnitude of the deadline, the Astro, like the, the cumulative magnitude of the deals that they make with the Verlander being like, a five on a scale of one to five back in 2017. Granky's a five, right? Future Hall of Famer. Like last year, they trade for Mancini and Vasquez. That's like a two or a three, right? Two pieces that are just the depth pieces and things like that. What do you expect in terms of magnitude one to five for the Astros' cumulative moves that get made at the deadline here? Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. When they got Vasquez, he was batting cleanup for the Red Sox, and I thought he would be a lot better here 
problem is he's rotated with Maldonado. Yeah. And right now, uh, there was a thing I tweeted this week, a deep dive into the Astros catching by the guy that goes by climbing Towels Hill. Mm -hmm. That was unbelievable. Mm -hmm. The thing about Maldi being better with the pitchers, it had every stat laid out about how Diaz has been better. And so uh, Vasquez was not brought in to be the catcher. He was brought in to be the backup. And then Mancini, he didn't hit as well with the Astros that he had with the Orioles or that he is this year. He's nothing special. I don't even remember what team he's with, but I look at it. Cubs. At the box scores. Cubs. And so I think that Dana Brown's going to, then he's going to acquire at least two relief pitchers and one starter. And I don't think that starter is going to be second or third. I think it'll be a guy who'll be fourth or fifth. Yeah. And uh, so that's not going to get it, create a huge buzz. Talk, let's talk about Dylan Cease. If they were going to trade Cease, so many teams could give so much better, so many better prospects in the minor leagues, pitching and hitting that the Astros just don't have. Yeah. So it sounds to me, John, your 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 one through five rating here sounds to me like like a two on a scale. Two of or one three. Five. Yeah, two like a three. just kind of a middling trade deadline. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. It's a big it's a big uh it's a big ten days for Dana Brown. Um so we'll all eyes are on him right now. John, what do you got going on on sportsradio610.com? I also have an Astros column there. My next one that I do for the website will be about the uh, Texans starting camp next week, and then I'll hit the Texans. I'll usually write four a week uh, when the Texans crank it up. Also, we got to remind people August 24th. Oh, yeah. Utopia Football Podcast goes on the road to the Houstonian. You can go on their website, houstonian.com, go down to events, click on it, and you'll find uh, an event where Sean and I are going to do everything we do on this podcast. We're going to do it for fans at Houstonian on August the 24th, so we hope people will sign up. Houstonian, I just saw, and, and I bookmarked this so I could send a congratulatory text to our friend Steve Fronterhouse, the general manager. They just got named like the nicest resort spa-style hotel, I think in Texas maybe. I don't know. I should be careful probably about – the magnitude that the poll was, it was significant. Like it was, they were, they were the best. And I say all that to say that a big reason why they're so good is because of the food and that our evening that night, the podcast going on the road is going to include an incredible uh, four course meal that. Uh, and boo and wine. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's a, they go all out over there. Steve Legit. Does. And there's a reason they're one of the best in the country. And so yep. we hope people will, Sign up and come join us. It's going to be a fun night to talk football, training camp. All the preseason will be in the books. No, the two of the three games will be in the books. Hopefully C.J. Stroud – there we go, John. Will C.J. Stroud be named the starting quarterback by the time you and I are eating Ooh. delicious steak at the Houstonian on the 24th of August? I'm going to ask D'Amico to hold up that announcement to right before we do the event, then we can talk about it. Then we, we should give it to you or me, and we can break the news from <laughs> – podcast that would be great 